Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Tuck, on New Year's Eve, I said all three Houston teams are going to win a championship this decade. But based on your attitude lately, you clearly appear to disagree. I disagree very strongly in the fact that I believe the future of Houston sports is screwed. If you look at the Rockets, they're not really looking like they're going to win a title with James Harden. Um, I don't think he has what it takes. Um, so, say, mentioning that, I think they're going to have to rebuild in the next few years. Wow. If you look at the, the Astros, we've lost our manager and our general manager. And we've, lo- we've also lost our uh, first and second round pick for the next two years, I believe. Which is an absolutely devastating blow for when like Correa and Bregman get older. And uh, Altuve as well. I mean, the only team I kind of have hope for is the Houston Texans. I mean, we have we have all of our offensive pieces set in our you know mainly left tackle and quarterback, most importantly. So I mean, if we can get a good defense, like good pass rusher in the draft or by free agency, then I think we'd be in good shape to win a title. But out of those three, yeah, definitely the Texans before any any of the other ones. Wow. Well, Jay West had my Celtics going farther in the playoffs than I did a few months ago, so you're not the only one. All right, boys and girls, back with me today is one one of many who thinks the Rockets need to improve fast, Mr. Ethan Tuckwood. There you go. Quick side note, I am a little under the weather today. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully you still enjoyed the episode. On today's episode... I am as well. Oh, so that makes two of us. Patrick Mahomes is really good. Jimmy Garoppolo may have some much-needed experience. And Fisk comes to Cuff in Kansas. We begin today with the NFC Championship from the view of the Green Bay Packers. Similarly to their regular season game, the 49ers defense made Aaron Rodgers look terrible in one of his best chances to get back to the Super Bowl. Ethan, the Packers have not been back to the Super Bowl since they won it in the 2010 season. And next year in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers will be 37. So do you believe the Packers can win another Super Bowl with Rodgers? So the thing with Aaron Rodgers is I, I'm going to kind of use the Tom Brady principle with him here. And in my Rodgers has always been more talented than Tom Brady. So more talented, I'd say. Maybe not as clutch, not as high-performing in the playoffs. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be on this level, especially with his style of play. You know, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, he's a gunslinger, but he's not a running quarterback that's going to get hurt when he's 40 years old. You know, like, he can can survive in the league and definitely keep the Packers as a playoff contender, much like Tom Brady has into his uh, early 40s. So, to answer the question, I, quite frankly, I don't believe they can win again because we are entering the era of run, of young run past quarterbacks, and Aaron Rodgers is most definitely not young. And so I found it interesting, the three elite run past quarterbacks, Mahomes, Watson, Lamar Jackson, all come from the AFC. So that being said, it would not surprise me if the AFC dominates the next few years in terms of winning Super Bowls. And if the Packers need to win again, Aaron Rodgers needs to adjust to how the game is evolving and Try and run it more often like Russell Wilson does, for example. 
So not as much as the three aforementioned guys, but he still needs to figure out a way to not be running like Brady. Right. And, I mean, those, those the three main AFC quarterbacks and Watson, um, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be pretty tough to, to overcome. Oh, absolutely. Now, now, that you, now that you say that, I'd say, that yes, the Packers can get back to the Super Bowl, but winning it, yeah, I don't, I don't know if... You know, any, any of those, I don't know if Rodgers can beat, you know, Watson, Jackson, or Mahomes. Um, so, well, he'll always remember that muffed onside kick in January 2015 against the Seahawks. Now to another conference championship losers, the Tennessee Titans, who have many options for quarterback next year. The Titans were 2-4 and four when Ryan Tannehill took over for Marcus Mariota, and Tannehill led them to the AFC Championship game. However, Tannehill is a free agent, and they saw Mariota. Liam, do you, do you believe the Titans should stick with Tannehill? So I want to point this out. I don't believe those two are the only options to go to Tennessee. I believe that either Minshew or Foles, one of those two, could end up in Tennessee next year. I also believe Tom Brady could end up in Tennessee next year under Mike Vrabel, whom he used to play with. But that being said, the Titans should stick with Tannehill. Tannehill was dominant in the, run, in the play option, and he has... If they re-sign Derrick Henry, he is the best running back in the game right behind him. So, And they won, didn't they? So, why not? I mean, why would you dump what's been working? Right. I mean, I've, I've, I have a lot of optimism for Tannehill, not just because he's an Aggie, but because of his performance this year uh, with the Titans. And, um, uh, honestly, I'm... I'm I am afraid of the Brock Osweiler effect here. You know, take over as a backer quarterback one year, do really, really well, sign a huge contract the next year, and not turn out. I am a little worried about that for oh. Nintendo. But I, oh no, the same thing happened. The same thing. We I just kind of wanted to do that at the same time as a Texans fan, but as an Aggie, I also want him to. You know, I want to see him succeed. Um, but yeah. I, I'm hoping the Brock Osweiler effect doesn't take effect here, but um, at the same time, you know, as a Texans fan, I would also like to beat him in the division every year. And I'm going to say this, because you mentioned the Brock Osweiler effect. We just saw the same thing happen with Nick Foles in Jacksonville, didn't we? So yeah. what makes you think that... Well, that was a little bit more because of injury, but I mean, it's still the same principle. I mean, I personally believe that the Jaguars should and will trade one of those two at some point. Maybe it's to Tennessee. And if if you ask me, the New England Patriots could use a quarterback right now. So why not go to New England? But I do believe Tannehill will remain in Tennessee. Okay. Um. Well, regardless, Tannehill won't be starting next season on the bench. Now to the winners. Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs on another comeback from 17-7 down to a 35-24 victory. That sent Kansas City to their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Tuck, since this game, many analysts have proclaimed Mahomes to be the best player in football. Do you agree? Uh, I'll have to agree on this one. Um, although I hate, I absolutely hate how the media covers Patrick Mahomes so much and just treats him as Jesus. He is not Jesus, but I will say he is pretty, uh, he is the best player in the game in my opinion. But the, the attention he gets around the media 
almost tarnishes my respect for him, if that makes any sense. Like, it, it just gets old, all the Patrick Mahomes mania. But at the same time, he deserves it as well because he came down from 24 nothing. He came down from 17-7. I mean, the, the guy has the clutch genes. He has the arm strength. He has the ability to make plays like he did in the, AFC, in the NFC Championship. AFC Championship, sorry, on that, um, I think it was like a 25-yard run. That was, you know, yeah, that run at the end of the first half. Pretty spectacular. Um, but, yeah, I, I do agree he's the best player in football. I agree with you completely. And something else I want to bring up is that you talked about the uh, whole media attention thing and how he's and how you dislike him because of it. And this is this is not the first time that something like this has happened to you or me. Because I'm just giving an example. My respect is my respect for Zion Williamson was tarnished after the UCF game because everyone was talking about how about that and one how crazy of a shot it was when. He missed the free throw right after it, and R.J. Barrett had to bail him out. And if you ask me, that's a charge on that drive. More on Zion later. But to answer the question, Mahomes does deserve the attention, and one of the reasons I don't like him personally is because he has this demeanor where he thinks he can run around and celebrate everything he does like he just won the Super Bowl. It kind of reminds me of Alex Bregman, if if I'm being totally honest. But he's hands down the best player in football. Liam, between between you and I, and, and all the people who are listening right now, Alex Bregman's attitude pisses me off too. Oh, okay. That's, that's a story for another time. Yeah, come baseball season, it'll be a story. So regarding Patrick Mahomes, best player or not, that touchdown run we just talked about at the end of the first half may have been the best play of the season. Um so now moving on to, to NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. He used a dom- dominant rushing game from Raheem Monster to get into their first Super Bowl in seven years. Liam, you are familiar with their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who was Brady's backup for two Super Bowl runs. Do you believe Garoppolo's experience as backup in a Super Bowl will give him an edge? Uh, yes, because he knows what it's like to run onto the field. And... If I remember correctly, the quarterback in question, Tom Brady, is the GOAT. So, Garoppolo has seen Brady in action in person during two Super Bowls. As far as I'm concerned, Patrick Mahomes ain't never been to the Super Bowl. So, that being said, Garoppolo knows what the atmosphere is like, and I believe that will give him an edge. And one other key player in terms of experience is Richard Sherman, who we all know was part of that Seahawks team that suffered arguably the most heartbreaking loss in Super Bowl history. It's hard for me to envision that Sherman is going to let something like that happen again. Yeah, I mean, my, my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is if he, if he wins this game, and it, this might sound super broad in general, but if he wins this game, it won't be because he's been in the Super Bowl on the sidelines before. It'll be because Patrick Mahomes hasn't been torn. So what I'm saying is... Yes, the 49ers defense will lock up, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is is winning San Francisco Super Bowl. But if you hey, know what I mean, he yeah, not, I understand what you mean. But yeah, do you, he's he's not the X factor in this game at all. I, San Francisco 49ers defense and his Patrick Mahomes' inexperience in a Super Bowl. I have a hard time believing the 49ers, as good as their defense is. I have a hard time believing their defense can lock up both. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, though. 
I mean, if there's going to be anybody to do it, it's going to be San Francisco, as we've seen over the over the year. I mean, a healthy, full-fledged, high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense cannot be stopped probably by anyone in the league except San Francisco, maybe. And it's just so fitting that, you know, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl with them. So it'll be a big break. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great game. And uh, regardless, I've been saying this all year, Ethan. Remember where Garoppolo started. The NBA saw the debut of Zion Williamson on Wednesday, and he did not disappoint, putting up 22 points, including 4-4 four four from downtown in just 18 minutes. Then last night he put up eight, 15, excuse me, going 7-9 for nine from the field. Ethan, do you have any initial takeaways from Zion's first two games? Alright, so I'll touch on, I'll touch on the first um, Zion's NBA debut. Um, what I saw in the first three quarters from him is, all right, so this is what the NBA is going to be like towards me. We've got four players packing the paint, and I've got some passing options available, but I'm still just going to try and muscle my way in there and score regardless. So he turns the ball over five times, and he has five points through, what, 14 minutes? Um, but now... Here comes the fourth quarter. He starts to realize, hey, I'm in the NBA because I have a shot. I actually have a jump shot. Like it can it can be used. And so he goes four for four from three and what was it, nine for eleven from the field, if I'm not Something like that. Oh, seven for nine from the field. It just said up here in the script. That was that was last night. That was last night. Oh, sorry. But yeah, something like eleven for thirteen or something. But he it seems like he found his comfort, and do I think he's gonna make his? Do I think he's gonna get his max contract in four years because of his three-point shot? No, but it's there, and so it's a threat. And when when you've got guys playing up on Zion instead of packing the paint, it, it can be it can be really dangerous. And I think the Pelicans can be really really good if you know Zion finds kind of his fit. The Pelicans can be. Really, really good because remember they still got Ingram, they still got Lonzo, they still got Jackson Hayes, still got Josh Hart, and they've got a couple of other first round picks coming up this year too, if I'm not mistaken. So, what it the main takeaway I had was this kid has potential to be special, but he needs to work hard. If you ask me, this upcoming summer will be the biggest three months of Zion Williamson's life because. He needs to cut down on his weight and learn how to run properly. Otherwise, he won't be able to stay healthy in this league. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy said it two weeks ago. He needs to learn how to do that if he wants to play a 70, 75 games in a single season. So that being said, he can be special, but he needs to work really, really hard. Yeah, what does what he weigh right now? Like 285. 285? Like, look, I would say if he gets down... To anywhere from 265 to 270, he is in good shape. Oh, absolutely. Like he, he, he can still have the like the overweight advantage. I, I call it the overweight advantage with Zion because it's like it's like something it's obviously something we've never seen before. That's why he's so special. But and so talk almost, about it's almost too much. It, 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 it is too much. I don't I don't think he can have even a 10-year career with the body he has right now. Cut 15, 20 pounds, now we're talking. But as of now, I mean, like you said,
most important three months of his life. Yeah, I mean, his 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 contract depends on it. His, his NBA legacy depends on it. I mean, is he a bust? Is he not? I mean, these next three months are going to define that. Yeah, he's in town next Sunday before the Super Bowl after Cotillion. Who knows? Maybe I'll find my way there before the game. Alrighty, time to play Relevancy, where we will name a recent occurrence in sports and rate it on a scale of 0 to 10 in terms of relevancy. We'll start with this. Relevancy of the late game brawl between Kansas and Kansas State from, I think it was Tuesday night? So, for me, on a scale of 0 to 10, this one is a... This one is a 7. This one is a 7, just simply because we haven't seen something like this in a very, very long time. I mean... The last time I saw somebody pick up a chair and try and peg somebody with it was Bobby Knight. That guy's an So, I mean, this is this is a new taste of college basketball that I kind of like, but obviously somebody could have gotten hurt too. So it could have been it could have turned out poorly. But I mean, the the, the appropriate punishments were issued. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you think about it? So I'm not actually. I don't think I ever saw what the punishments were. So. I'm going to use the Google for that right now. But DeSousa or LaSousa, that guy, he got it suspended. Yeah, Kansas Kansas State brawl suspensions. Let's see. The harshest penalty went to Kansas State, Kansas Ford, Sylvia DeSousa, who received a 12-game suspension, and rightfully so. Kansas State's James Love III got eight games, Antonio Gordon got three, and Kansas' David McCormick got two. And Originally it was a seven, but now I'm going to put it at eight, knowing what these suspensions are. One of the things that really stands out to me with this is this is not the first time this has happened to Kansas this season. In a game against, I want to say, Monmouth or DePaul or something like that, they were up, they had doubled their score, and then the guy stole the ball and I think dunked it, then started flipping the bird and yelling F-bombs at the crowd. So that's why it's a little bit higher for me than it is for you. And that being said, I honestly think that if this happens again this year, especially to Kansas, the NCAA is really going to bring the hammer down, and we may see year-long suspensions. Well, yeah, we know the reputation of the NCAA. They don't really mess around. Um, all right, so moving on to the relevancy rating of Jim Crane openly saying the Astros will apologize at spring training. This, I'm going to be totally honest with you. This is a okay. one. This is a one because... The Astros should have already apologized. Altuve is being has not commented about it. Bregman hasn't commented about it. Josh Reddick hasn't commented about it. In fact, the only two players I know for certain that have commented about it or don't even play for the Astros anymore. One was Mike Fires, the scapegoat in all of this. And one is Dallas Keuchel, who now plays for the Chicago White Sox. That being said, I think it is ludicrous that the Astros haven't apologized yet. I do, and something I feel like the Red Sox are. I feel like the Red Sox need to apologize that these allegations are out there as to whether or not they're guilty is a whole other story. But that being said, it's ridiculous that they haven't apologized yet. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna have to digress. Um, I think that the need for the Astros players to apologize is completely unnecessary. Just simply because if you're a player in the MLB, what do you do when, when your superiors propose an idea for you to, to, to execute? I mean, what do you do you 
say, oh, no, that's wrong? Or do you say, oh, you're my boss. I'm going to do what you say. So I think a lot of it is that. Just listening to your superiors. I was listening to Sports Radio 610 the other day, and Seth Payne said something about this where he said, as an MLB player, you can't, you can't be obliged to apologize for the wrongdoings of your superiors. And that is Jeff Ludo, that's A.J. Hitch, that's Alex Cora, really. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's my opinion on it. I don't really think that but they need to apologize. Are you telling me there's no one in the organization they can go to with a complaint about this? Not even Jim Crane? Um, because, if you ask me, the players get the most leverage within the organization. They get the most money. They get all the fame in the media and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, well... Look, this was this was Jeff Luno's wrongdoing and Alex Cora's wrongdoing. So, I look Alex Bregman. He can be he can be kind of a jerk sometimes. I'll give you that. I mean, I don't know how much that has to do with the science dealing, but I mean, it's it, it, it's not the player's obligation to go out into the league and say, "Oh, I'm sorry for for." you know, going along with my superiors in, in the organization. It obviously wasn't the right thing to do, and the proper punishments, in my opinion, were, were dealed out. Oh, but I agree with that. I agree with it's that. Not, it's not Jose Altuve's responsibility to call a press conference and be like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about, you know, robbing, robbing a title of Los Angeles um, in 2017, and if, like, Alex Cora, I mean, he definitely needs to apologize. Um, so, yeah, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa have no business coming to the podium apologizing. They simply just need to move on with their careers and focus on, on baseball. Yeah, if they want to get back to the World Series like Jose Altuve guaranteed, they can't let that distract them. All right, next up, relevancy rating of Josh Donaldson signing a four-year, $92 million contract with the Minnesota Twins. So, uh, I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go with the six, just simply because between him and Miguel Sano, is, is Miguel Sano still on the roster? Yes. I don't know. Okay, he is. Um, so may, I'm guessing Sano would be more of a designated hitter then, and then yes. Donaldson will play third. Yeah, or maybe the other way around, I don't know. Maybe the other way around, yeah. Um, I don't, to be quite honest with you, I don't know what kind of year Donaldson just had with the... Um, with the Indians, right? No, he was with the Braves, and he had a great year. Oh, with the Braves, yeah, he had a great year. So, um, look, it's like it—it it was obviously an expensive contract, but the, the the Twins were already there. All the Twins needed was experience to, to their pitching rotation, and maybe another, and maybe like a catcher or something. I don't know, but they're. They are. They were already there, in my opinion. And Josh Donaldson's an expensive contract. That's why I'm leaning towards a six. I feel like I feel like another piece besides Donaldson that's less expensive that could have benefited their future a little bit more could have got the job done. And in my, in the, the the Twins are up there with the Yankees and the Astros for getting to the World Series. Right, so if you ask me, the Twins needed pitching instead of hitting, but I'll be intrigued to see if this works out. So. I'm going to give this today because I agree with you. The Twins are, if you ask me, the biggest competition to the Yankees. And I'm looking at the roster right now. If 
Sano has definitely regressed over the past few years, but maybe you move him to first base because according to Google rosters for the Minnesota Twins, they don't really have a good first baseman right now, so why not put him there? And I'm looking at their roster, Buxton, Rosario. They're going to need Nelson Cruz to play in right field more, but still, this team is really, really, really good. And if you ask me, they can beat the Yankees. They can. I'm, the loss of Didi Gregorius is going to hurt the Yankees more than people realize because now their only left-handed bat is Gardner, and I don't expect them to have the great year he did last year this year. That being said, the Twins can beat the Yankees, so it's a 7. All right, uh, last one. Relevancy rating of the NBA announcing All-Star stars earlier this week. 3, because as Jeff Van Gundy said two weeks ago, the All-Star game doesn't mean... Logos. It doesn't. And so the starters are Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, and Giannis in the East and the West. Doncic, Harden, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi. Yeah, these guys are the best players in the NBA. Woohoo. I mean, it looks good on a resume, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean Jack. I mean, so the, the NBA All Star game for me. Out of the three major sports, I enjoy it the most. But would I rather watch the dunk contest and the three-point contest over the NBA All-Star game? Absolutely. Me too. I mean, I I don't think... Look, the NBA All-Star game is a great opportunity for players to show off, you know, the, their fashion. So, like I, like Van Gundy said, he proposed the idea of, like, a, kind of a fashion show for all the NBA All-Stars to, to show off their fit. I think that would be good as well, um, and just you know, kind of kind of showcase the three point contest a little more, as well as the dunk contest. And good lord, just get Zion in the dunk contest. So they got yeah. Dwight. They got Dwight Howard in there. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, Superman. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls. We honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Twenty two years ago today, January twenty fifth, Super Bowl thirty two took place in San Diego as the Denver Broncos beat the Green Bay Packers. This was legendary QB John Elway's long-awaited first Super Bowl title, and he won another the next year before he retired. 51 years ago, Monday, January 27th, some dude named Chuck Knoll was named head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Knoll remained coach of the Steelers for 23 seasons, coaching Terry Bradshaw, and the famous steel curtain defense winning four Super Bowls in the process. Fun fact, the Steelers have only had three head coaches in the last 51 years. That That's crazy. It's Chuck Noll, then it was Bill Tower for a while, and now Mike Tomlin. That's job security. Absolutely. 84 years ago, Wednesday, January 27th, the Baseball Hall of Fame inducted its first class with legends Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, and Harness Wagner among them. And now today, the ballot process is so complicated... It is so immensely difficult to get in. Only two players will be inducted this year. Um, two years ago, Friday, January 31st, my boy James Harden became the first player in NBA history to record a 60-point triple-double. Harden had 60, 10, and 11 in one of his many Her- Herculean efforts that season. <laughs> Tough word, right? Yeah. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. We'll start with this. Tonight at 7 p.m., number one Baylor travels to Gainesville for a battle of Florida. First of all, I just want to say I'm very surprised that Baylor, of all teams, is number one and not Blue Blood. And do you think 
they Florida could pull off an upset, Tuck Wood. No, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna stick with Baylor on this one. Uh so yeah, this is basketball. And so Florida is four and two in the SEC play, and their losses have been to let's see. Those have been at LSU by two, though they did handily beat Auburn the uh, a week ago. But nonetheless, I've got Baylor winning this game. As much as I don't like seeing them at number one, they're legit. They are legit. Next. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock, undefeated in fourth ranked, San Diego State travels to Vegas for a game with UNLV, an undefeated team through the Final Four. In 1991, Liam, do you believe San Diego State is undefeated? Yes, I do, but my long-term concern with San Diego State is they haven't played anybody. They haven't, and when they get to the tournament and are facing the Kentuckys and the Michigan States and the, dare I say, it's the Dukes, how are they going to respond? I mean, I expect San Diego State to win handily tomorrow, but I am very curious to see how they play when... March comes around. Right. I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know much about San Diego State. No one does. To be, I, I just assume they don't play anybody. I mean, it's San Diego State for crying out loud. I mean, will, will they hold up in the NCAA tournament? I don't know. But will they hold up against UNLV? I'm, I'm going to say yes. All right, last one. Tonight at 7.30 on ABC, LeBron and the Lakers visit Embiid and the Sixers. Tuck, who you got winning this one? I'm going to go with the Lakers on this one. Oh, do, do you know if Anthony Davis is playing tonight? I would expect him to be. I, I'd say if he's in the game, I think the Lakers pull it out. If he's not, then, then it's going to be a close game, but LeBron will pull it out. I certainly hope. He's questionable for the game, so... And we're still in two hours away from tip-off, so I expect if... Oh, wait, one of my sources says that... Uh, oh, I know Richardson is out. He's out with the, with the hammy injury, but Joel Embiid is out tonight. Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. Embiid, uh, is, yeah, Embiid, is, Embiid is what Philly does. They can't win without him. Lakers are winning tonight. Regardless of whether or not AD is playing. Must agree. Alright, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Ethan Tuckwood. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, wow. I'm Liam Goodman. I'd like to thank Ethan for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Booker Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. Be sure to tune in next week for our Super Bowl preview. We will see you then.